Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc. All right, good morning, Fusion Church, 6 a.m. soap. How are you guys feeling today? You're awake, you're ready to go, you're alert, or probably not alert. Maybe you're just, just getting up. You're only on your, your first couple sips of, of Bustelo. Come on, guys. You guys got to get with it. I'm already on my second cup. I'm ready to go. Come on, Nicole. You ready? You're not ready? Well, we're about to be ready. This morning, we are in Joshua 17. That's right. Joshua 17, continuing on this journey of, of the children of Israel taking the land. And and um, here we're going to read about not taking the land. And um some of the mistakes that they were making as a result of not being obedient. So um, I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump right into it. Heavenly Father, we just we just thank you, Father, for, for this day, Father, that you have made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it, Father, Lord God. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, Father, this privilege it is to be able to read your word freely, Lord God. With, not with without anything trying to stop us, Lord Father. I pray that you will be with us during this time as we, we, we dig into the book of Joshua, Lord God, Father, that you will open up our minds, open up our hearts, that you will re- reveal new things to us from your word, Father, Lord. I pray that we can glean new truths, Lord God, Father. I pray it be you that's speaking and not me, Lord God, that it be you that's heard, Lord. And Father, I just continue to give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right. Stretch Joshua 17. And I am reading from the New King James Version. There was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, namely for Machir, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he was given Gilead and Bashan. And there was a lot for the rest of the children of Manasseh, according to their families. For the children of Abiezar, the children of Helek, the children of Azrael, the children of Shechem, the children of Hefer, and the children of Shemida, these were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, according to their families. But Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, had no sons but only daughters. And these are the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. And they came near before Eleazar the priest, before Joshua the son of Nun, and before the ruler, saying, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among their father's brothers. Ten shares fell to Manasseh, besides the land of Gilead and Bashan, which were on the other side of the Jordan, because the daughters of Manasseh received an inheritance among his sons, and the rest of Manasseh's sons had the land of Gilead. And the territory of Manasseh was from Asher to Michmahath, that lies east of Shechem, and the border went along south to the inhabitants of Antipua. Manasseh had the land of Tapua, but Tapua on the border of Manasseh belonged to the children of Ephraim, and the border descended to the brook of Cana, southward to the brook. These cities of Ephraim are among the cities of Manasseh. The border of Manasseh was on the north side of the brook, 
and it ended at the sea. Southward, it was Ephraim's. Northward, it was Manasseh's, and the sea was its border. Manasseh's territory was adjoining Asher on the north and Issachar on the east, and in Issachar and in Asher, Manasseh had Bethsheen and its towns, Iblim and its towns, the inhabitants of Dor and its towns, the inhabitants of Endor and its towns, the inhabitants of Tanakh and its towns, and the inhabitants of Megiddo and its towns, three hilly regions. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. And it happened when the children of Israel grew strong that they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. Verse 14, then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit, since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now? So Joshua answered them, If you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourselves there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both those who are of, Be of Bethshean and his towns and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. Amen. All right. The word of the Lord. So remember, the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim were actually the two sons of Joseph. And um, so the Joseph's line from uh, from the, the, the children of, of Jacob, children of Israel, was broken up in two so that we could have a full 12 tribes. And we're seeing here that Manasseh and Ephraim, um, they want more and they want this to be given to them. Right. And, and the word of the Lord was clear, you know, through Moses, through Joshua, that they were supposed to take the land, um, but they weren't willing to do the work for it. When we look at um, verse three, it says it talks about Zelophehad. He had no sons, but only had daughters. And this is noted in the text, I believe, because it was unusual at this time, you know, in this this ancient, you know, uh, Hebrew culture, ancient cult cultures as a whole, for women to receive any kind of inheritance. It was, it was, you know, so a lot of times in other cultures, you know, if the if there was no sons. The land would be, you know, divided amongst other people, other family members. You know, so it was, it was more important that the land remain in the ancestral families for Israel than it was to, to follow the custom that only sons should inherit the land, right? There, so the sons of Zelophehad they could inf inherit their father's land, and again, this this was unusual, you know, amongst other peoples of that day. You know, another family would come in, you know, a distant relative would come in and take over the land or, or you know, whatever the case may be, may be before Zelophehad, who had no sons, only had daughters for his daughters to inherit the land. It's kind of a big deal, you know, and they went ahead and, and, and when they approached 
Joshua, they, they, they approached Eleazar, the priest, and, and the rest of the elders of, of Israel, you know, and they, they quoted Moses back in Numbers 27. Um, Moses said, he said, the Lord, it says, the Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. You know, so they were merely just saying, hey, you know, Moses said this. So let's, can this happen? And so they were given the land. Now we move on to verse 12. It says, um, yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities. So this failure of Manasseh to, to take the land, to drive out the people of the land that they were given by God, right, is, is under the same pattern as their brother tribe, the tribe of Ephraim, right? Um, Joshua 16, 10, we just read it yesterday, says, And they did not drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day and have become forced laborers, right? The command of God was clear. Clear out the people, remove the enemy, right? But Ephraim didn't do this. Manasseh didn't do this, right? They they did not fully conquer the land that was given to them, right? Why? Why is it? You know, and it, and it continues to boggle our minds, right? When we, we've, we've, we've been in this journey, brothers and sisters, going through the Old Testament, and we've consistently seen the provisions of God, right? Now, hindsight's 2020, right? We come Monday morning quarterback, you know, Israel till we're blue in the face. But we've continually seen how God has provided. When Israel has been obedient to the command of God, God has saved them. He's protected them. He's delivered them, right? They've gone into battle. And then when they were obedient to God, they, they won the battle. They won battles that, they, that, you know, through human eyes, they should have never won. But God was on their side. And as we continue the story of Israel, we're going to continue to see that, but we're also going to continue to see how Israel failed, right? How Israel failed. Israel, the Israelites, Ephraim and Manasseh, they did not fully conquer for two reasons. First, they just wanted peace, and they wanted peace at any cost. They would rather uh, negotiate. They would rather just be friendly with their with with their, their Canaanite neighbors than to actually go to war, you know, and they just wanted all the benefits of the land. They didn't want to work for the land. Let's be honest, brothers and sisters. They wanted a handout. They wanted just to walk into to land that was just free for them to use. They didn't want to put in the work, right? How many times have you been given a calling on your life? You've been given a word from somebody. You went to church and, and you felt the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to do this. I want you to do that, right? But we are unwilling to do the work, all right? Yes, we serve a powerful God. We serve a God that can do amazing, amazing things, right? But a lot of times, I'm going to say more often than not, God gives you a word, right? And we have to do some work for it. Okay, God, we have to uh, uh, get 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 some skin in the game, for lack of better words, you know, into it, right? And when God, because then God wants to see if you're serious, if you're willing, right? And if you're willing to do what's necessary for your calling, for your purpose, right? Then God will move. 
It's almost like he's saying, okay, I gave them word. They're being obedient to me. So now I'm going to make it happen. If Ephraim and Manasseh, you know, and, and Manasseh specifically within this chapter had just said, you know what, this land, we're going to take it. This was gifted to us. You know, we're going to take this land. God would have blessed them. God would have been with them. He would have gone before them, right? How many, how many stories are in the Bible of Israel not even having to fight? They're going into a battle and, and God causes, you know, catastrophe on their enemies. They don't even have to do anything, right? If Manasseh had just stepped up and done what they were supposed to do, you know, they would have had the land. But for the sake of ease, for the, for the sake of, of, of gaining wealth, they disobeyed God and they fell short of what he had for them. How often do we fall short of the promises of God, right? Because we fail to do what he says. We only hear what the promise is going to be. We only hear, you know, like God says, I'll, you know, if you do this, if you do this, I'm going to do this, right? And all we hear is God say what he's going to do. We fail to listen, to hear to what he's telling us to do. We do this today all the time. I can guarantee you there is someone on this call right now today. There is someone listening to the podcast later on that there is a word on their life, right? And they've been questioning. You've been questioning how come this hasn't come to fruition? How come there's not reconciliation? How come I haven't gotten this business? How come I'm not here? How come I don't have the house? How come, how come, how come, how come, how come, right? And God's saying, because you haven't done what I've called you to do. You have not been obedient. I am not going to move until you are obedient. God is not a genie, brothers and sisters. I know we like to think that we can just pull, pick up our Bible. We can rub it a few times and say, God, make this happen. And God's just going to you know, blink his eyes and shake his head and, and a miracle is going to take place. That's not how God works. God says, if you do, I am, I am, I am faithful right? All my promises are yes and amen, but you have to do your part, right? God wants to be in relationship and community with us, brothers and sisters. That's what the, that's what it's all about. He wants to be, uh, he wants to, uh, to, to join with us in, in what we do in our lives. But how come when this joining that we have with God really is just God doing, 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 and we're just like, okay, God, I'm just, I'm, I'm just long for the ride. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting, Lord, waiting on your promises, waiting on your promises, you know, and we've done nothing. God has called you to start a business, right? But you have no idea how to do a business. You can't even spell the word business, but God has given you, 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 you feel like wants me to start this business, you know, and God's saying, you know, like, hey, you can do this, but why aren't you taking a business class? Why aren't you, why aren't you getting some certifications? You know, I was I had the I had the privilege of, of speaking to the, the the youth here in Cumberland County this past Monday, and we were talking about purpose. What's the purpose of your life? You know, because we have a lot of students, you know, graduating high school or moving up to being seniors, and you know, and 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 they're they're, they're figuring things out, right? And one of the points I gave them is like sometimes you have to work for it. 
You have to work for it. You feel like God wants you to be a doctor? Well, hey, maybe you need to get up your math and your sciences uh, uh, grades up. You know, you want to join the, the military? You want to be a police officer or fire? Something that's real physical? Hey, but you ain't out there running and working out. You have to work for it, right? God has placed a calling on you, but you have to do your part. It says, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. Of course, the Canaanites were determined to do on the land. That was their land. As far as they were concerned, that belonged to them. You know, they weren't going to, you know, it's like, you know, you, you live in your house and, and someone says, hey, I believe that this is supposed to be my house. You ain't going to leave. You, like, you better kick rocks. Yeah, I ain't leaving my property. And so, of course, the Canaanites were not going to leave. They were not going to take off. You know, but the Israelites lacked the complete determination to take the land that God had promised them. They lacked the determination, right? They felt, maybe they felt like they were unable to, but really, I feel like it really boiled down to, they didn't want to do the work, right? They felt entitled. They felt like it should just be given to them. I'm sure some of them felt, hey, why don't we get like the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin to come, come, come do this for us, right? And so they get they get angry, right? They're so selfish. Verse 14, why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit since we are a great people? Ephraim and Manasseh, two tribes, brother tribes, right? Close, close, you know, they were they were of of, of jo, uh, excuse me, Joseph, right? They felt that since they were such a um they were so large, right? And they were larger than any other tribe, if you put the two of them together that they should get even more, right? And if and if I'm Joshua, I'm like, yo, homies, like, how are you going to get more when you haven't even taken what you were originally given? You're so selfish. You have failed to do what the Lord has called you to do, and you want more blessings. You want even more. You have not done what you're supposed to do right? And you still want more blessings. That's not how this works, brothers and sisters. That's not how this works. We are very, especially in this westernized uh, church where we, we've had no oppression. We've had no one stopping us from reading the Bible. You know, we have no, we have no one closing our churches. You know, we're not having to meet in basements and in secrets and in, in extremely small groups, you know? We're not like the church in China. Have you heard? You know, have you heard about the church in China, where they have to meet in secret? They got to meet in small little cells. If they get caught with a Bible, they get set straight to, to prison, no questions asked. But the but we have brothers and sisters over in China who are literally fighting for their lives to have a piece of this gospel. Who were literally, they get they get the they get the Bible sent to them and on scraps of paper and they memorize it so that they can get rid of the paper so they don't get caught and they met they memorize the Bible. They take thy word have I hidden in my heart. They have to take it literally. But we here in America, we are a spoiled church and we want more and more and more and we're never satisfied. We are never satisfied. 
The combined numbers of, of Manasseh and Ephraim were greater than any other single tribe. But again, but here they, they, they're they complaining that they haven't been given an uh, adequate amount of land. So Joshua challenges them. If you are a great people, he says in verse 15, if you're a great people, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like, man, y'all think y'all bad. Yeah, you know, y'all, y'all think God together. But so, but his reply was, was was very wise. It's as if he's telling him, if you're a great people, then go. Get the land for yourself. Fully occupy the land that the Lord has given you. Take the land. You want more? Take the land. They were asking for more land because, because the land they had been given, they, hadn't t- they had never taken it. So, so, so Joshua was like, if you want it, take it. It's there. It's there. The, the, these tribes had not completely taken the mountain country because, again, it would be hard. It would be dangerous work. This Christian walk is not always easy, brothers and sisters. Sometimes it is hard work. Can I be honest with you? All right. Sometimes it sucks dealing with some of the things we have to deal with. It downright sucks. But God promises to be there for us. He promised to never leave us, never to forsake us. That's why it's so important. And we we, we preach this all the time. It's so important to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So important. Because then you won't be like the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh. You won't be like them asking for more and more and more. Because you'll have God on your side saying, giving you the words, giving you the wisdom, pushing you and prodding you, right? Directing you on, the, on where you should go. So there'll never be a question on God. How come this hasn't come to fruition? How come this hasn't, hasn't happened? Because he's already telling you what you need to do. But if you're not in relationship with him, you cannot recognize the voice of the Lord. We cannot, we cannot recognize the voice of our shepherd. That is Jesus Christ. So how, how different is is their attitude compared to Caleb's attitude. Remember Caleb, you know, way back in the day, prior to the wilderness, Caleb, um, along with Joshua, was was one of the 12 uh, spies who went in, right? And said, let's take the land. And of course, you know, they were overruled. And, you know, and Caleb, unfortunately, like Joshua, had to spend 40 years in the wilderness because of everyone else's disobedience. But then when he gets his portion of the land, right? Because he was given a, a special portion of the land for his faithfulness. And he was an old man, you know? I didn't I didn't do the research to figure out exactly how old he was or, you know, but, but he was an old man, right? And what does he say in Joshua 14, right? He was at the age where he should have been chilling. You know, he had sons, he had people around him. They could do the work for him, right? And he would have had every right, right? Every right. And what did Caleb say? Joshua 14, verse 11, as yet I am I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, verse 12, now, therefore, Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. My man Caleb was ready for war. And you had these young men in Ephraim and Manasseh 
crying because they didn't want to go to war. Why? Because Caleb knew the promises of God. He had seen it over and over again. He had seen it and hey, he had not forgotten like everyone else had. So are you are you a Caleb today? Ready to go to war? Ready to fight for the promises? Ready to take what the Lord has given you? Or are you like Ephraim and Manasseh? Not willing to do the work, yet wanting more, being, being selfish. They wanted, they wanted easy land given to them. Instead of taking God's promise and going and taking what God had given them, this, 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 this principle applies just as strongly for us today. See, if, if you desire more of something, the first thing you need to do is be faithful right where you are. Right where the Lord has placed you, you may have ministry in uh, in your future. On your, you, know, you may have a, a calling to be in ministry, right? But if you're not faithfully serving in guest experience, if you're not faithfully serving in the parking lot, God's not going to bless you with with more, right? We have listen. I'm gonna be real, right? This is between us, you know. We, we family. I can be real. We have people who. Who 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 have I have have had personal conversations with individuals who have told me, Pastor Jason, I feel I'm called to be in ministry. Great, awesome, awesome. Um, so what do you, what do you feel feel like you want you you're you're called to do? I'm I'm called to preach. I'm called to preach the word and blah blah. blah. I'm, I'm called to do this. Great, great. So what I'm going to need you to do is um, Saturday afternoon come to Cumberland County and um, help set up some pipe and drape with pop and help set up some some chairs for church on Sunday and um and let's start there right and well I don't know if I can do that I'm called to be a preacher if you can't set up a chair if you can't set up some pipe and if you can't if you can't even build the tabernacle how dare you think you're qualified to preach in the tabernacle amen how dare you God is not going to honor that, brothers and sisters. You have something that's right, right in front of you. Conquer it. You know what? If you're called to be a preacher, great. But if right now in front of your face is setting up some, some chairs, well, then you better be the best chair setter-upper in the history of the church. And you do the best you can do, right? And God honors that. See, the problem was, was, that, was that they were they were not looking for God, God's approval. They were looking for man's approval, right? They wanted the approval of Joshua just to give, 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 give. They weren't looking to honor God. Brothers and sisters, who are you honoring? What are you looking to? They were looking to themselves and they were seeing how great they were, how big they were. We were so many, right? Instead of looking how, how bigger and how greater their God was. Joshua saw right past their complaint. Thank God for men like Joshua, for leaders like Joshua. He saw right, right, right past their complaint. You know, and, and it would have been, I, I feel like it would have been different if Manasseh and Ephraim had said, hey, we're going to take this land, but could you, could you give us some help? Because then it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. You know what I'm saying? Listen. I will help anybody any day of the week. But if you're capable of doing some of the work and you're not doing the work, listen, 
you're going to get, you know, a piece out from me. I am not going to help you, you know, and it's different if you're unable to, if Manasseh was unable to take the land, it would have been different, but they were perfectly capable. Everyone here on this call today, everyone listening later on, on the podcast is capable for some work within the kingdom. We've been created, we've been designed, we've been formed by the master designer himself to do something for the kingdom. And if you are not doing what you were designed to do, although you were perfectly capable, God will not honor that. Joshua knew the truth. And the truth was that the leaders of the tribes of Ephraim were and Manasseh were afraid to possess the land that was given to them. Why? They said there were giants in the land. Said that they had they had chariots, right? And, and if we do an even deeper dive study, right, these giants, you know, later on, Israel's still dealing with giants. David dealt with multiple giants. If we read the word, he dealt with five giants over the course of his life. Perhaps if Ephraim and Manasseh had handled the giants hundreds of years prior, David would have never had to deal with it. You don't know, brothers and sisters, what uh, uh, trial, what tribulation you're going through so that your children and your children's children don't have to go through it. You don't know what your work is, what the inheritance is going to be for your descendants. Come on. That's a word for somebody right here who may feel discouraged, who may feel, who may feel like, like there's no hope, like God is never going to come through. And I'm going to give you, uh, I want to encourage you, like God is faithful. God is faithful. Let me say it again. God is faithful, but you have to do your part because who knows what the blessing is going to be at the other end of your work. Who knows what, what's going to come about? Who knows what your children are going to do, what your grandchildren, what your great-grandchildren are going to do for the kingdom because of the seeds that you're planting here at the ground that you guys are, are toiling in right now, and they're going to reap the harvest. But brothers and sisters, if you're not doing the work, if you're not sowing the seed, there will be no harvest. There were people here on this call, I know for a fact, are the breaker of generational curses, generational bondages, right? But just because you are different from your parents, your grandparents, you've changed the, the, the direction of your family, doesn't mean that your family can't go back to whatever that nonsense was, right? If we just if we just put our hands up and we just rest and we're just like, okay, we did it, we did it, we did it. No, there's continual work to do. If there is breath in your lungs, there is work to do. If you can move your hands, if you can move your feet, there is work to do, right? We have elders on this call who are just like Caleb, right? And there are times we got to tell them to sit down, but they're like, no, I am just as strong today as I was 30, 40 years ago. I want to do the work. We should all have the heart of Caleb, not the heart of Ephraim and Manasseh. Amen. Ooh, 30 minutes, right on time, Nicole. Let's go. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We, we praise your name, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord. I, Father, I pray for everyone on this call today, everyone listening to the podcast later on, Lord God, that you would you would examine our hearts, Lord God, reveal those places that we need to change, those attitudes that we need to adjust, Father. I pray that we would truly have the heart of Caleb and be willing to go wherever you send us, be willing to do whatever you have called us to do, Jesus.
I pray that we won't become complacent. We won't, we, 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 that we, but we would be continually ready to go and do the work of the kingdom, Father. So, Father, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters. Give them an extra amount of grace, wisdom, knowledge, strength, Father, discernment about what you have for them, Lord. Open their minds, open up their hearts with God. Reveal things to them that are only for them, Lord. And I pray, Father, you just continue to bless them, keep them, and guide them. We praise your name and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I love y'all, and I'll see you again next week. God bless.